Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, my money-saving comrades. My name's Graham Clark, and I'm excited to be with you again this week on the Money Stepper Savings Challenge podcast. This is a podcast made by the Money Steppers Savings Community for the Money Stepper Savings Community. It's designed to help us all achieve the goals that we've set for the 2015 Savings Challenge and make that journey to financial freedom much more friendly and enjoyable. Are you ready? Let's get going. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Money Stepper Savings Challenge podcast. This week we'll start with our quote as usual, but rather than being a quote of inspiration, it's a quote which will form the basis of this episode. They are three quotes, they're taken from the mainstream media over the last couple of months, and they go as follows. The FTSE 100 climbed to 7,090 on Friday, a new high, reported by Money Week the 13th of April 2015. Shares in Britain's top companies passed the high set at the height of the dot-com boom. The Guardian, 24th of February 2015. And finally, the FTSE 100 soared to a record high today, beating its previous lifetime best set on the 30th of December 1999 at the height of the dot-com boom. That's the Daily Mail, 24th of February 2015. And today we're going to discuss the content of those quotes. And today's episode is going to be broken into two sections. First of all, why this is complete and utter rubbish. And second of all, whether it's rubbish or not, why you really shouldn't care an ounce. So before we get into that... I'd like to thank once again our sponsor for this week's episode, RMP Property. If you head over to rmpproperty.com forward slash money stepper, any listener to the Money Stepper Savings Challenge podcast can get a free guide, 10 steps and 10 things you should do before you invest in property. And on that page as well, you can set up a free meeting with the guys at RMP Property to discuss your goals and your property investment strategy with them. That's all free, so there's some great content over there if you wish. Right, let's get cracking. Okay, so today's focus is on whether the markets are actually at an all-time high 
and whether we should care if they are. The base of the three quotes we opened with were that once in February and again in April, the FTSE 100 hit new highs. Let's have a look what they mean. Well, they're referring to the 30th of December 1999, when the FTSE 100 was priced at 6,930.2. On the 23rd of February 2015, it was indeed higher than that amount for the first time at 6,946.7. It took around 15 years for it to get up to the level it was before. However, this is extremely misleading in my opinion, and none of these articles, when you look into them, mention anything to do with inflation-adjusted highs. The idea is that if you own one share in the FTSE at £69.30.2 in December 1999, it's now worth £69.46.7. So your money, your physical worth, value from that, hasn't really changed. It's got up to the same amount that it was 15 years ago. But that money's not worth as much as it used to be because of inflation. So to perform a fair comparison of whether markets are new highs or not, we need to look at an inflation-adjusted FTSE 100. So there's different ways of doing that. The most common is looking at government figures for inflation. Let's take the CPI. Now, according to figures from the Bank of England's website, the CPI between 1999 and 2015 increased at 2.9% a year. So, if the FTSE 100 in 1999 was at 6,930, for it to be worth the same amount in 2014, it would have to be at 10,641. So that actually means that when you take inflation into account, the markets aren't at an all-time high at all. They're actually about 35% below all-time highs. Now, that's only a fair way to look at it. It's, not, it's no good looking at things on a nominal value. You can't say that you earn loads more than your grandfather did because in 1960, he used to get paid six shillings a week. And now in 2015, you get paid £40,000 a year. It's not a fair comparison. But when we add inflation in, it makes it a fair comparison. So don't take these headlines at face value. Don't say the FTSE 100 is at new highs because it's not. Relatively, it's still 35% below the high. Now that's taking government inflation, which is a questionable figure in my opinion. It's calculated by having a basket of goods, okay? And within this basket of goods, they try and represent what most people in Britain buy. And so you can look at the change in the value of that basket of goods over time. And if the basket on average goes up by 3%, then your inflation figure is 3%. The problem I have with that is that the basket includes things that are generally things that generally go down in price over time as technology advances. So, for instance, they've just included e-cigarettes. Now, e-cigarettes today are much cheaper than they were on the first day they came out, that they came to the market. Equally, they include headphones, they include subscriptions to Spotify, they include a lot of electronic items generally, which tend to decrease in price over time. They also place quite a high weighting towards those. Household goods and services make up 20% of this basket, and they're generally falling items, whereas other items such as um, food, non-alcoholic beverages, 
transport, those kind of things, which prices generally rise over time, are actually weighted much less, more like 10%. So there's some question marks over whether this figure is accurate. And a lot of, a lot of commentators tend to think that the real rate of inflation is much higher than that reflected in the government study. So why don't we have a look at inflation based on a couple of other things? One item that people spend a lot of money on tends to be petrol. And if you look at the price of petrol per litre in 1999, the previous market highs, it was 61.9 pence. If we look at the end of 2014, it was 130.9 pence. So having a look back over that period, you can work out that that puts inflation based on petrol alone, at 5.1% a year, rather than the 2.9% a year mentioned by the CPI. So if we look at 6,930, the value of the FTSE 100 in 1999, and we adjust it for inflation at 5.1% of year, so it keeps in line with the cost of petrol, then it would put the market at 14,614 today. So with the market actually only being at 6,946, that means the market is 53% behind inflation-adjusted highs. Put another way, the market as it stands today needs to be over 100% higher in order to be in line with the inflation-adjusted price based on petrol. Let's have a look at some other common costs. Electricity, energy to heat our homes. That's something which generally goes up. And in 1999, the price per kilowatt hour was 55.9 pence. At the end of 2014, the price per kilowatt hour was 121.7 pence, putting inflation over the period based on electricity at 5.7%. If you do the maths again, 6,930 from 1999 put into 2014 figures based on that inflation rate would mean the market should be at 15,917, which puts us 56% behind. What about gas? Gas is another cost that a lot of people still use to heat their homes and for cooking and for all other kinds of energy costs in the house. Often it's a mix between electricity and gas. And if you look at the gas price in 1999, it was 41p. Look, in 2014, it was 132p. Over the period, that 15 years again, that means that it's increased by 8.6% every year. Again, 6,930, the market highs in 1999. Adjusted for inflation to 2014 should mean the market is at 23,888. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Remember, it's just over 6,900. When it hit the new highs, it's now just looking just over 7,000, which means it's 71% behind the market highs. Now, I'm not saying this to make you go out and invest in the market. And I'm not going to base any investment decisions on it. What I do want to relay to you is that you shouldn't be listening to these simple headlines from the mainstream media, which tell you that the markets are high. Always in headlines and generally throughout articles for these, they're trying to get your attention because when they get your attention, they read the article, you see the advertisement and they make money. That's why they use such language as talking about the height of the dot-com boom rather than just saying 1999. That's why the FTSE doesn't increase by 10 points to a record high in the Daily Mail. The FTSE soared to a record high, beating lifetime bests. It's all this emotive and, and sensational headline language that you use, which you have to cut through, you have to ignore, and then you have to stick to your original investment plan that you set without taking this into account. And that brings us on to our second point. Yes, inflation-adjusted highs mean that we're between 35 and 71% behind those inflation-adjusted highs. But do we care? Do we care whether the markets are high or are low? The whole idea is that over the course of 60 years, 100 years of, of past data, the market goes up above inflation every year. So if we invest in the market in the long term, The variance will sort itself out and over the long term we'll earn a good amount of money on our investment. So should we care if the markets are high? Well, what is our decision going to be based on the market being at a new high? Well, it's quite a tricky one because actually you think if you're trying to time the market, you're trying to sell at the highs and buy at the lows, then you would try and time the market by selling when you reached a new high. In reality, what actually happens is the market hits new highs And the individual investor sees that and says, oh, well, the stock market's doing very well. I better get involved. And it's these people who come in last that usually suffer the crash trying to time the market. But let's say we're of of the school of thought that to be able to time the market, we need to try and sell the highs and buy the lows. Well, I've built a scenario and I've attached that to the show notes, which you can find at moneystepper.com forward slash new highs. And in the scenario, I've said, well, by the FTSE, when records began January 1984, we would sell every time it hit a nominal monthly high. So any time at the end of the month, the market was higher than it's ever been in the past. And we'd only buy back into the market when it was 5% under any new high that was set. When we're not invested in the market, we'd keep our money in cash. And for the assumption, we use a 3% interest rate that you can earn on that cash. Well, let's set the base. The base is that we invest in January 1984 and we just left our money in there. Okay. And if we did that, the £5,000 from then to today is now worth £32,675 in February 2015. Now, obviously, that 
isn't an inflation adjusted figure, but nor will our comparative figure be, so it's all for comparison, so we don't need to add inflation in there. In the scenario, if we put £5,000 in January 1984, we took it out every time we hit a new high, we bought back when we were more than 5% below highs. In February 2015, we would have £32,239. So that's about £440 less. It's quite similar. But the problem is we have a lot of hassle. We need to look at the market every month. We need to do our calculations. We need to buy and sell. We need to incur trading fees for buying and selling. We need to make sure we've get the best rate on our cash so we can get that 3% return. Also, that doesn't include uh, potential taxes on all, all these kind of things. And actually, that one thing that doesn't consider is missed dividends. Because for any time you're out of the market, you wouldn't get the dividends that you would otherwise. So I've built that into the scenario. And actually, over that period, you'd lose out on about £5,000 worth of dividends. So in this scenario, when you try and time the market, when you look at these reports that tell you that it's a new high and you act on it, you would lose out on about £5,500 between 1984 and today. Considering we only invested £5,000 in our example, to lose 10% more than your original investment is quite a substantial difference. So, as we always advise, just buy long-term. Don't mess around. Don't try and time the market. Buy cheap, low-cost ETF funds. Keep your money in them. Don't mess around. Look to the long-term. As I say, I've attached all these figures to moneystepper.com forward slash new highs. There's a spreadsheet in there so you can you can challenge my workings if you wish. I'll also add some other links in there to articles we've written before on how this is just one scenario that I put there with a the 5%, but I've kind of run the figures for many scenarios in the past and I'll link through to them. You can't time the market. Don't try. It's not worth the hassle and it's certainly not worth the money that you would lose compared to just investing for the long term. Right, before we go, I have to share with you a good news article of the week, something to cheer you up. And we have something that popped up today that I've seen. And it's about a young seven-year-old Star Wars fan called Colin. And he wrote a letter to George Lucas asking Mr. Lucas whether he would change the rules and allow Jedis to marry. You see, Colin wants to be a Jedi, but he also wants to get married. And he writes a letter, handwritten letter, to to George Lucas. Um, He says, I don't like that a Jedi cannot get married. I want to get married without becoming a Sith. Please change the rules. P.S. I want to come to Skywalker Ranch, please. Love, Colin. He sent that off to George Lucas at, at Lucasfilm Limited. And he received a response. And in the response, the letter reads, Thank you so much for writing to us with your question. It sounds like the force is strong with you and you are showing great wisdom by asking your question. Then goes on to say how a a Jedi knows the value of friendship and compassion, that the Sith think inwardly and of themselves, so that if you can find someone to connect with in a selfless way, you're on the right path of the light and the dark side will not take hold of you and therefore Lucasfilms will allow... Colin to get married. May the force be with you. Sincerely, your friends at Lucasfilm. There's a video as well of them opening the letter, which I'll I'll add into the show notes again, moneystepper.com forward slash new highs. But I think we can actually learn something from that, as well as it being quite cute and nice. 
And it's that take a chance. Don't be scared to contact people. Don't be scared to ask for things. Don't be scared to to speak to people. Uh, not necessarily just to ask them for things you want, but if it's the dialogue and the opening the conversation that's scaring you, just remember that taking a chance is going to be probably be worth it. Because what's the worst that can happen? They won't reply. They'll send a reply saying that they don't want to do that. Or they could send a reply saying that you can marry and you can still be a Jedi. <laughs> Quick update on my April challenge to learn Colmac. It's going pretty well. Um, after a few days after I posted, I went completely cold turkey. It took me absolutely ages to write any emails. Writing articles took about four or five times longer than it usually would. But I persisted, and now I'm up to about the level I was before. I could tend to write about 65 to 70 words per minute using the QWERTY keyboard. On one of the tests online, I've just broken 60 using Colmac this morning. So I think by, hopefully by the end of the month or the month of the challenge, I should be able to get up to the same level and surpass where I was before. So I'm very happy with my progress there. I hope you're all getting on very well with your own individual mini challenges that you've set yourself in April. Remember, that is to learn something new. Other than that, for me personally, the Money Stepper Savings Challenge is on course. April's going pretty well as a month. Um, I've just submitted my tax returns this morning, which was a fun job to do. Equally done my uh, year-end accounts for Money Stepper Limits and all that. So I'm, I'm on track with everything and everything seems to be going well for the challenge. Again, if you've got any questions within the challenge or anything we've discussed today on this podcast related to market highs or just anything at all, I'm always open to have a discussion about anything that's troubling you or anything that you want to speak about. So feel free, get in touch, Twitter, Facebook, comments on the blog, email, however you wish. It'd be good to speak to you. But in the meantime, keep on climbing. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.